and thank you for joining us for this episode of Public Service Psychology Now. We're your hosts, Jen Snyder and Tiffany Finnell. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Lisa Kearney about our division's journal, Psychological Services, and more specifically, why it's important for us to share about our work through scholarly writing. But first, let's introduce Dr. Kearney. Dr. Lisa Kearney is the Deputy Director of Suicide Prevention and the Acting Director of the Veterans Crisis Line for the Department of Veterans Affairs. Her work focuses on the development of VA's comprehensive public health approach to suicide prevention and overseeing the office's day-to-day -day operations. Dr. Kearney is also a clinical associate professor of psychiatry at the University of Texas Health San Antonio. Holding a long record of service in professional organizations, she currently serves as the past president of the American Academy of Clinical Health Psychology. And relevant to today's topic, she is an associate editor for psychological services and an editor for psychology of men and masculinity. We also want to highlight that in 2015, she was awarded Division 18's Peter J.N. Linaruth National Service Award, which recognizes individuals who have made outstanding clinical or research contributions in the areas of suicide prevention, PTSD, or provider burnout related to working with active duty military service members and veterans. Thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Kearney. I'm so glad to be with you both. Dr. Kearney, let's get going. Um, so tell us generally, what is the primary focus of psychological services and what sort of subjects are typically published in this journal? So this is Division 18's journal. And I really wanna emphasize that it is our journal and it's about our work. And particularly we focus on work related to organized care settings. So that might be for someone like me in the Department of Veterans Affairs, but it's also covering services that we provide in jails, prisons, the Indian Health Services, the court systems, university clinics, training hospitals, et cetera. And we publish a whole broad range of issues. So, um, but it is focused on clinical service, psychotherapy outcomes, evaluations of programs that you all are doing in these various settings. Um, public policy analysis. Um, so it's a, it's a very broad range, but it's really about highlighting excellence in what you're doing in these care settings and getting out the word about your work day to day. Well, thank you very much for that overview. And given that there's such a broad array um, of <clears throat> potentially um, different um, populations that we serve or um, focusing on political services or policy, you know, why should someone consider publishing their works in um, psychological services specifically? So I'll tell you the first reason is you're helping your colleagues. There's something about picking up the journal. And I remember this kind of early on when I was an early career psychologist in the VA, I really looked forward to reading this journal because all of a sudden I saw there are people doing stuff that I am doing every day and I get to learn about it from these other settings. And it was relatable and helped me to kind of see, oh, I could do program evaluation in this area. And realizing that you're sharing what's worked well or maybe what hasn't worked well in, in your setting that can be spread into other areas. I think that's for one. I think two, a lot of us in organized care settings, we're not full-time researchers. Um, I'm not a full-time researcher, um, and, and I'm, I've always felt that this journal has been approachable. And what I mean by that is 
we are focused on publishing what you're doing in those settings and evaluating those things and that um, not all of us are going to have, uh, you know, work in um, a medical school or work in a university setting where we're dedicated full time to research. So it is really looking at the focus on the care setting. And so I think that's something that it, I don't know about where you all are at, but for me, I feel comfortable getting to a journal who understands my day to day work. And I found at that point when I was early on in my career, the associate editors very approachable. So um, I remember, I still remember Pat DeLeon, who's our, our uh, editor in chief. <laughs> um, Leon Green was one of the associate editors. Y'all may remember Leon before he retired. I had presented at some conference and Leon, I mean, he was persistent. Lisa Kearney, you need to write this up, what you're doing at the South Texas VA. And I'm like, oh, Leon, I can't, I don't, I, you know, I am not a researcher, I can't do that. And he just kept persisting and saying, this is really great, please get it out there. And it kind of gave, I don't know, it made me feel a little courageous. Like maybe somebody would be interested in this. Maybe this would help someone out. And, and I feel like the editors kind of coached me along and saying, do it, just write it up. And there's not a lot of journals where you have that, you know, the rejection rates are huge and it, you know, and there's journals that, of course, are very esteemed journals in those realms, and I, I respect that. But also, I, I wanted a journal where I felt like it was a valued journal, but also was within reach, within kind of the work that I was doing, and um, would honor pilot studies, for example. You know, it had been done before. It was a small sample at first, right? But if I designed it well, and it was good program evaluation, it was something the journal would be interested in. So I think one, it helps your colleagues to get your good work out there. And also it's a journal that is approachable. Um, they will help, and I love my other associate editors, really feel like they coach authors along the way and encourage you to move forward. Um, so I guess those are my top two, Tiffany, if I had to name any. Um, I, it's interesting kind of just hearing that full circle for you, kind of, um, you know, being inspired by the work you're reading in the journal and maybe even implementing it in your own practice and then also contributing, you know, what you're doing because maybe it might, you know, inspire someone else to implement a similar program at their work setting. Mm -hmm. and, and I do want to second what you mentioned about how this particular journal does, you know, try to foster development of the authors. I've had the privilege in my president-elect role to participate in the monthly uh, division journal meetings, just kind of hearing, you know, progress of different special issues and, you know, other, you know, plans and works. And, um, and one thing I, I hear meeting after meeting is just the sincere dedication that you all as, you know, editors and um, associated ed associate editors is really um, working with authors, you know, when they need to revise and submit like that coaching, like you said, mm -hmm. um, has been something that has been really salient to me as I sit in on these meetings. Um, and while I've never published in psychological services, I would feel like my work would, like you said, be valued um, if I were to submit something 
So I'm glad you're speaking today because maybe I, I might have an idea of something. Yeah, Dr. Fennell, I may be following up with you after this. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's it's a little rough, it's a rough idea. So we'll see. I I you know hearing what you you mentioned about that you know feeling like your work would be valued, that it would be relatable. Um, and it's not so, you know, where you'd have to be doing some, some rigorous, you know, uh, multiple arm, you know, random, uh, oh gosh, randomized clinical trial. Trials, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that um, it might hopefully, you know, um, assure other people that this, this might be, um, uh, or be confident that they could potentially share their work uh, with colleagues through this journal. Yeah, and Dr. Fennell, it's not that we, you know, we are definitely interested in RCTs and these very large groups, sure. and, and we publish those, we certainly do. But I think too is remembering before any of these RCTs, a lot of things came out of innovation and pilot mm -hmm. and initial program evaluations. So to really highlight in our organized care settings, where are you moving out and studying what you're doing, designing in a well way so you can study what you're doing, because oftentimes that's where you find out some really cool things on outcomes that you hadn't expected before. And then we partner with those fabulous researchers who are full-time and are able to do that. And then it perhaps becomes a larger randomized controlled trial. So there's lots of ways that we can have um, innovation and honor mm -hmm. that image. But also I encourage you as you innovate, study, study and evaluate. Great advice. Well, you mentioned um, kind of full-time researchers, and for many of us, we are full-time practitioners, uh, or maybe very little time, you know, um, set aside for research or even administrative time. So, why um, should a busy clinician or mental health program leader find time to write for a journal? Like, what is the benefit? I think there's a, a couple of benefits. I mean, one, I think I already highlighted a moment ago, which is share what you're learning with others. I think that that is a responsibility that we have. Even if you don't end up writing it up in a journal, how are you sharing what you're learning with your colleagues? If that's at conference presentations or didactics or different things like that, because we, we do better in our field when we're learning from what works, what doesn't work. So I think that's one. I think we have a responsibility to share with others both our challenges and our successes and how do we move forward in services to those um, for us in the VA is for our veterans. We want to continue to improve and we want to continue to improve in public sector psychology. Um, I think the other is it also gives credence to you. So in your career, as you're um, doing, say you're setting up a new program in your clinic, if you work from the beginning to design it in such a way that you can evaluate it, guess what happens later when funding checks are coming around, right? When you're having to show why are your services important? Because we all are in public sector settings, fundings come and go, right? So how do you show good rigor around the design that you have of your programs and then transparently being able to publish in a peer reviewed journal. So it's not just you reporting this, but your peers have all indicated 
the value, right, of those particular outcomes. So I think that's also something that's really helpful from a systems perspective of we're applying rigor and evaluation to what we're doing that will also help our systems later on. Um, I think lastly is, um, and I think this is something I tell trainees and um, all the time and our early career folks, it's good for your own career development, okay? On your CV, on your resume, to be able to show that work. It also helps to show credits to the clinical work that you're doing as well, that you've evaluated it over time. But then also see the honor of your, your peers um, saying, this is wonderful work. <laughs> We're gonna publish this. We're gonna put this out there. And it, you know, I've heard people say, well, the reason why we selected this candidate above the others, they have the same years of experience, but because they're known nationally for X, Y, and Z because of the publications that they have in this area. So it helps you personally. It also helps other people, right? That we learn from what we're doing and it helps your system, which I think helps the people that we focus on and serve in organized care setting. So you make a really strong case. It's really hard to, to argue against it, except time is a yeah. limiting factor. So I'm just curious how you found time to write in your own career, um, which has not been as a full-time researcher. Like, how did you prioritize writing? Can I start first with what I failed with, Tiffany? <laughs> yes, sure. It won't take long, but go ahead. You know, oh, yes. I think we all have some different failures at Ford's in our career. So, uh, Dr. Fidel, I remember when I was drowning. I was drowning in a new, I was an acting chief of psychology, and I had gotten thrown in there. Uh, bless his heart, Dr. Holliday, who, who many of you know, got a promotion up to the visit. I had just become his deputy chief, right? And that literally in six months, he was gone. And I was like, oh my goodness, all of a sudden I'm the acting chief of psychology. And, and you know, eventually I got the chief of psychology, but there were about two or three years in there where I just stopped writing. I just stopped writing. And uh, I, I found such a gap in that. And I, I kept telling myself, you don't have the time, Kearney. You don't have the time. You don't have the time. You know, you got to focus on other things. And when I went to central office, to VA central office was where I went after being the chief. And I thought, if I don't build into my schedule now, writing, this is not gonna ever happen again. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. And that's where I found um, some wonderful advice was from the beautiful Laura Ray, who's the director of the VA Center for Integrated Healthcare. I was one of her groupies. Um, Dr. Snyder, you may not know this, but Dr. Finnell is this fabulous health psychologist and an expert in primary care mental health integration. So I imagine she may be a groupie of Dr. Ray's as well, but um, I was when I first went to integrated primary care and, and I uh, got to know Laura and she kind of mentored me along at first and just said, Lisa, you don't have to block four hours to write. Yeah. And, and what she started off with me was just saying, just block 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day. You can get massive articles done in 15 minutes a day. That adds up. So how do you block your time for that? Um, and what ended up happening is she just, she just said, why don't you be my writing partner? I'm like, 
you're like this big name research person, you know? And I'm like, okay. So I started meeting with her monthly and she'd talk about all the wonderful projects she was doing. And I would have one little article I was working on. I was very proud of it. But I had this person who was checking in with me regularly on my writing goals. And I didn't always get to 15 minutes a day. And sometimes 15 minutes became 45 minutes to an hour because I got super excited about it. But I blocked early morning time. That's what I did then. My writing now is at different times. It's just very different than very early in the morning. Um, but I do more weekend time. I block in time and I have this cup of coffee and the world is silent on the weekends because I have teenage boys and they don't wake up too much later. And so I write on the week weekend mornings now. So I think it's finding your time. But make one writing goal and have someone who keeps you accountable to it and encourages you. And for heaven's sake, you know, one of the things too is be gracious to yourself. Okay, I stopped writing for three years, big deal. Um, I was stressed out about being a new chief. Okay, you've been stressed out and you're leading your clinical program. That's okay, it doesn't mean you can't start now. So, but it can be in these little increments. It doesn't have to be like when we wrote our dissertations and it was like hours and hours we were working each day. Yes. You can do a little bit each day. That's, um, it definitely sounds more doable, um, although could potentially get, you know, pushed to the back burner if you, if you really aren't, you know, if you really don't stick to that mm -hmm. uh, without time. Um, and, uh, and I think another uh, piece to that is that accountability. I think at my VA, some, some of the psychologists who, you know, um, who are involved in research even have like a works in progress group, it's called, I think. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I, I don't attend the meetings. I don't have any works of progress, but I think it, it's probably a similar idea that kind of mm -hmm. that accountability and helping to keep people, you know, moving, moving forward. Um, so I, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and Dr. Finnell, you have a work in progress. You have a work in progress because you just told me a moment ago you have some different things you've been thinking about. That's a work in progress. Yeah, but it like from years, ago, from years ago. I'd, uh, <laughs> so, but it's a work in progress. Yeah, yes, very, very little progress, but a work. Yeah. Um, you guys are doing an awesome job of demonstrating the, the mentoring and encouragement of an associate editor. <laughs> <laughs> I want an article from Dr. Fidel. We're going to get one from her this coming year. <laughs> I know. I feel the pressure at the same time. I actually feel like inspired, like encouraged. You can do it, Tiffany. Like, maybe I could do this. Um, so, and, uh, but that's a whole, but anyway, I won't derail our conversation. Um, one thing with writing though is motivation sometimes can lag. So what do you do when you're motivated to write? Um, how do you overcome the desire to procrastinate on your goals? Especially when there's so many other pressing issues that we're facing in our clinical and also our outside of work time. Yeah. Um, well, I think um, I, I have continued to have uh, writing partners, accountability partners and um, one of the things I try to do, I have this uh, planner 
that is called, it's something I got just a little bit ago, but it's it's called the Clever Fox Planner. And I'm not advertising, by the way. Um, Dr. Fennell and Dr. Snyder didn't know I was going to say it, but it's just right next to me. And it, it has in there a section. You could do this in a plain journal. You don't need the Fox journal. But in, in, the, in this particular planner, it helps you to think through what are your goals and your dreams in all of the different areas of your life, right? Hmm. Because sometimes I don't know about y'all, but I can just get sucked into work goals, right? Okay, I, you know, <laughs> I've got X, Y, and Z to do for my boss, and I've got this project that I'm doing. And realizing we're human beings that have, like, we're much more holistic than that. So what are my health goals? What are my personal goals, like with my family, with my husband, with my kids? What are my goals with my friendships? What are my goals recreationally? So um, you all um, who are listening on the podcast can't see my office, but Jen and Tiffany can. Maybe you can see up on the wall there, there's all these scrapbooking tools. Okay, so <laughs> um, I have goals related to like making gifts for people like for scrapbooks, okay? And that brings me joy. I love to, to do that. I have goals related to my health. You know, I walk every day with my husband in the evening. But one of the things that helped me is with this planner, once a month, I take a moment to look at what are my goals in all these different areas. And one of my goals is a simple one, which is publish one to two articles a year. That's just something that I've made as a goal. Do I always reach it? No, but that's kind of a goal. And each month I go back and I look at what's the progress. And there are some months I have made little progress <laughs> because life is happening. COVID is happening. All these other things are happening. And that's okay, but it makes me look back and go, huh, I didn't really, you know, make any cards this month for someone, which is something I like to do. Huh, I'm only walking three days a week, and I really like to walk five to six, and I just take a moment to kind of reflect on that and go, okay, what's blocking me from these goals in a different area? And I have people that I talk to about my goals. Now, um, Laura Ray was who I was working with for a while. Then she became my boss for a little bit. So I couldn't be my, my writing accountability partner. And I started meeting with the lovely Dr. Sandy Resnick, who's also just a fabulous person in Division 18. So Sandy and I meet mm -hmm. once a month and kind of check in about that and kind of think through, okay, what are my, my, how can I adjust it when I'm not feeling motivated? For me, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm not real big into like going, you will make this goal, you will do this. But what I end up saying is, what's something fun about this project that I can focus on for a while? So some, I like making tables. I don't know, like when I'm writing to illustrate stuff. So I'm like, okay, just for this week, all I'm going to do is get done the doggone table, right? <laughs> and I'm going to make it look really great. But that's what I'm going to focus on. And sometimes my goal is very small when I'm feeling kind of unmotivated, like, Kearney, just one paragraph. That's all you got to do today. That's all you got to do. And sometimes I give myself permission to write drafty drafts. Like this is not going to be any good. I would never send this copy to Dr. Snyder. No, I would just have it out for myself and, and put it out there. And that kind of just gets the juices flowing after a while. But I try to think about there's so many different parts to writing an article or a chapter what's something that I can chunk down that I can accomplish and work on and then trying to reflect on my goals talk with my writing accountability partner 
and then just keep at it again. But again, be gracious with yourself because sometimes in life you've got other stuff. You're worried about your older adult parents that you're trying to have them do physical distancing and for the love of heaven, they won't stay at home and you're trying to bring them groceries. You're worried about your kids. You got all that. It's okay to have a little bit of time when you go right. But then when you come back to it, what are some fun little things that you could be doing to keep you moving forward? Certainly helps to break things down into chunks. I, that just with any goals. So seeing it that way, I could see how that could help keep keep you moving forward and keep up motivation. If you have good co-authors too, hmm. get someone to join in your effort. Right. Of like, I really want to, I, I try not to ever write alone. Some people are great at writing alone. Like they're just the sole author on a paper. I'd never get anything done like that. If, if somebody else is asking me, where is the draft, Kearney? Like you owed us the lit review three weeks ago. I feel some kind of accountability. Okay. They're working on the method and I'm supposed to be working here and I've given them nothing. So having someone that you're sharing the project with try to work with people you really like too, because <laughs> then it makes it fun. Um, I was on a, another seminar just the other day for the medical school. It was this wonderful seminar for early career um, medical faculty, medicine faculty. And um, they were talking about finding time to write. They're these folks on the call were primary cl clinical. And this woman, I just loved it. She goes, I have a writing partner so again, doing the same concept. But what I do is I meet with her once a week for two hours and we don't talk, we just write together. Now, before COVID, we just go to Starbucks and we drink our coffee and for two hours, we weren't allowed to talk, <laughs> we would just write. She goes, now we get our coffee and literally she's on Zoom, I'm on Zoom. Oh, how we creative. But, you know, but, yeah. I'm supposed to be in the chair writing. And I thought that was a very interesting way to do it too. So I think there's all, you got to find what works for you. I love that. It's a great idea. Oh, okay. So, so many great ideas that you shared. Um, speaking of ideas or strategies, um, what sort of resources are available to someone who is maybe new uh, to these kind of scholarly endeavors? I think one, one thing is if you're, you're new to writing or publishing, try to find someone who's in the space that you right, want to write in, right? And try to join their effort, right? Is there a more seasoned researcher, right? Who may allow you to join a particular project that you can take a piece of and they kind of mentor you along with that. That's always helpful. That was helpful in grad school too. Like a lot of us did that and learned that way. Um, I think too is potentially look at finding a mentor, right? Someone who will meet with you regularly to check in and help provide some guidance and feedback. Someone who's maybe a further along the road in writing and, and can do that for you. Um, some other resources too, and I promise I'm not trying to sell y'all stuff, but this is a book that Laura Ray had recommended to me. It's called Publish and Flourish, Becoming a Prolific Scholar by Tara Gray. And it's just talking through some of the things that we were just um, chatting about right now 
Um, it, one of the topics is differentiating the urgent from the important. How do you manage your time around writing? Mm -hmm. and it's practical tools. So read books and articles about writing. Um, APA also has some wonderful articles and, and, and books along those uh, uh, lines too. Um, try to find a group of people who wants to write. Like, I love that you were just talking about Dr. Fennell, that group that yeah. is meeting, it, right? Yeah. Um, it's just because then you have like-minded people who are encouraging you along. And sometimes you can say, well, let me read what you're writing about. And you give some feedback on it and vice versa. Um, so I, I really find like there's books, articles, resources to help you, but also finding ways that you can connect with people who can research, who, who are researchers or who may let, let you join their projects mm. or, you know, these writing accountability partners. Find, you know, it would be great if the division would kind of open up like who, you know, put out the listserv. I need a writing accountability partner who, who's wanting to maybe join in. Or could we start kind of like a, a writing group within the journal too, to encourage them one more. And then at the end of the day though, it's really making yourself go for it, right? Just go ahead and do it. There's that program that you've created and you wanna start evaluating, build a little evaluation plan, get some feedback from others, write it up, put it in. It may get rejected, that's okay. You'll get some great advice on how to strengthen that article. And then you go to another journal and that's just the writing process. Don't get discouraged about that. So um, I hope that we can build a culture within all of our division that we want to share what we're doing. And this is just one way we do it. I love that. Um, and I'm, I'm taking to heart what you said earlier about it. it's our responsibility to share what we're learning um and and maybe this is one way to do that maybe there's some other ways you know to to share with others what we're learning i know personally i've always i'm, I'm one to always or to say no need to reinvent the wheel um and so i've always appreciated being able to learn from other people's experiences this is just one of those ways you could do that um, absolutely Absolutely. And I was just going to say, Dr. Fidel, Dr. Snyder, I hope that people know the journal wants to help you to publish. We do. And so don't be afraid to reach out to any of the associate editors. Feel free to email us and say, I've got this idea. What do you think? <laughs> and, and we're happy to interact with you around that. But we're here to support you. We're, we're your journal. And uh, we want to publish the good things that you're doing. And we're excited to be able to have that avenue for you. And I can definitely say as part of the, when I was um, part of the community and state hospitals section, working with you on developing a special issue where we were coming up with a topic that we wanted to highlight and then eliciting articles for that and stuff was like a totally great experience. Like everybody, you and everybody there were so helpful and like really welcoming and you know, nobody was like, that's not a good idea, or, you know, we'll never get enough articles for that, or things like that, so it was really great, and I would encourage anyone listening to, to either on behalf, you know, thinking about a special issue, or just something you want to write to contact you, because, yeah, it was super helpful and welcoming. Yeah, and I'm so glad that y'all reached out, because it's a special package that may not have happened unless you had reached out and say, hey, we've got this idea, right, 
And that's where all good articles come from is we've got this great idea. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Dr. Kearney, I know um, you've shared a lot of great information today. Anything else um, that you like people to know or to consider before you wrap up? Everyone is a writer. I think people are often scared about writing or feeling like is my, I'm not good at writing or my voice is not important or we have all of this negative self-talk in here. Can you tell I'm a CBT -er? Um <laughs> We have to kind of talk ourselves into these things, right? And I, and I just wanna encourage everyone listening and to go, you are a writer, you are an author. And it's just figuring out what is it that you want to write and share with the world about? And I can guarantee that there's something that you are touching right now in your workplace that other people want to know about and learn from. So I hope that you own that and we want to hear your voice. Wow. Thank you so much. Um, really appreciate your time and, and telling us more about the journal and I hope inspiring many of us to, to, to start writing. And, um, and hopefully submitting to the journal, but of course there are many other great publications out there as well. Um, so uh, with that, we'll bring this episode to a conclusion. Just wanna remind people um, to subscribe to Public Service Psychology Now, so that way you make sure you get the latest episodes whenever they come out. And wish you all, um, I guess, good health, be well, stay safe, bye. Thank you. Thank you.